I'm a gun with the four of the gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? just worried about you know listening to you know all, all your guys rap poison welcome to sideline judgment here are your hosts sergio and tyler welcome to sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and today tyler we are going to talk all about the final college football playoff rankings we have four playoff teams we have New Year's Six Bowl games. We have a final top 25. We will go through those things. We'll mention who the Heisman finalists are. They have been announced. We will go through some more silly season updates as there are some more to talk about. Uh, we will then go into our five wide and two point finale, Tyler, because unfortunately we did not tie. So that means that it is not coming down. We don't have to call in the troops. Um, we don't have to call in the troops. It's okay. Yeah, troops can stay home. Troops can stay home. There's a definitive champion, which we will get to later on in the episode. But Tyler, first, we begin with the final college football playoff rankings. Let's start with the top four. Your top four playoff teams. The number one seed, the Georgia Bulldogs at 13-0, SEC champions, undefeated, defending champions. Um, they will be defending their title and playing the number four ranked Ohio State Buckeyes in the semifinal. They will be playing, I believe, in the Peach Bowl, right? I'm assuming yeah, in the Peach Bowl. Good. If the Peach Bowl yeah, yeah. and Georgia decided not to take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In what world is that real? Um, so the number they take on the number four seed Ohio State Buckeyes. They went eleven and one this season with their only loss being to the number two seeded Michigan Wolverines, who won the Big Ten. 13 and 0. They will be taking on the number three ranked and I think unabashedly, Tyler, the team we're rooting for in these this oh, 14 playoffs. 100%. The TCU Horn Frogs, 12 and 1, did not win their conference championship game. We will get to that game later on, but we are grateful. I don't want to say grateful. We are happy because grateful means like I have like this in I'm indebted to the playoff committee. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know anything. But I am I am happy that TCU is in the playoff. They will be playing Michigan and TCU. That is in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, it will serve as the playoff. Excited the top for that. The, excited for that as well. The next two teams that are out that did not make it. Number five was Alabama at ten and two, and number six was Tennessee at ten and two. Um, let's let's pause there. Let's have this conversation, and then we will talk about the rest of the final rankings. Tyler, what are your what's your reaction to the four playoff teams and to Alabama and Tennessee in that order being the two teams that are on the outside looking in. I think that the committee got everything in this top six, right? Except for Tennessee being below Alabama. I think I would have put Tennessee above Alabama because they have, they have better wins and a, uh, including the win over Alabama. Well, well that, to, that to me is the big thing. That's the big one. The, that's the big one. You have the same record and you put the, they had a head to head matchup and you still decided to not put the winner um, ahead of the loser in that game makes absolutely zero sense to me. 
but I am in complete agreement with you. I think everything one through six is perfectly fine. I would have just flipped five and six. Yeah. I'm with you. My, my thing is here's where I won't fight about it though, because Tennessee is being punished for the fact that Kendon Hooker is out for the season. So you could argue it's that tough thing about like what is you have to, and I'm a big proponent of like who deserves it more being a bigger factor than who is really the best. Because if it was all about who is the best, why do we even play the games? Um, it's agree. Really, it's, the game is really just about massing your offseason. We look at them and we say, those are the four teams. And there is an element of that. But there isn't, and you have to play the games and you have to win the games. Alabama did do that. Tennessee didn't do that either, but Tennessee did it a little bit more because they beat Alabama. But Tennessee is being punished for the fact that Hendon Hooker is not actually on the team anymore because he is injured. Um, he's, he's not on the football field anymore. And I hate that, but at the same time, I have to, I can't fight it super much because Tennessee is not as good of a team now because their starting quarterback is not on the field. So you have to factor that in a little, just a little bit. Like, and yeah. I hate to say that because I do think Tennessee deserves it more. Ultimately, neither of these teams deserve to be in the playoff, and neither of them got into the playoff. So it, really, it's kind of a moot point. Um, I do think that the four playoff teams were the correct teams to be chosen, um, and I think that they. The thing I was always saying that like TCU need should get in either way if they lose or win um, the Big Twelve championship. The thing that helped them the most, I think, was what happened to USC. Um, and if, if if Michigan had faltered, it would have been. I mean, we would have gotten the same result, I think. But um, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I also think that helped, the way that helped, TCU it helped it, the way TCU played, and also it helped that USC did what USC did. Um, yes, completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Um, that, that sets up our playoff games. So like I said, the Fiesta Bowl will be, um, we'll have TCU taken on Michigan. That is going to be on New Year's Eve at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then you have the Peach Bowl is going to be the main event, right? 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff, Ohio State and Georgia. Those are your two playoff games. Um, let's go ahead and continue forward, I guess, with the rankings. Rounding out the top 10, you have Clemson, your ACC champions at seven. Gaslighting Kings. Ga- <laughs> they really did gaslight us this they season. Gaslit the whole season. Dabo really did ga- Like, a- Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Uh, I'll tell you off the air, Tyler, and the listeners will wonder forever. Uh, after them, we have the number eight ranked Pac-12 champion, Utah Utes. And in, in, in a – honestly, Tyler, aplausos. That was – that is how you show up. People thinking that you have nothing to play for. People thinking that conference championships don't matter. All the spotlight was on USC, Caleb Williams. They did a whole feature on him in the pregame about his nails, how he paints his nails to say something, which isn't new. He's done it all season long. Yeah, it just, I think it's cool. Okay. I think it's really cool. But, like, it just showed the amount of how everything was like, cool, so USC is just going to kind of get through Utah. They're going to make the playoff, and we're going to get this fun Lincoln-Riley offense going up against Georgia. It'll be a fun time. And that is not what happened. Utah came to play. Utah in the fourth quarter specifically defensively shut down um, USC and their defense. I'm sorry, defensively shut down USC's offense, and the Utah offense was able to really Amazing. expose that USC but, defense, which good let's for have them. Let's discussion about this when we get to the game. Um, I know. I just, little... I just felt so happy. You're absolutely just, right, though. Like, love to see it. Um, number nine, Kansas State, Big Twelve champions. We'll talk more about that game in, in specifics there. And regardless about how we feel about the ending of that game, um, 
you can't deny that Kansas State does not deserve to be in the top 10, does not deserve to win the no, Big Kansas 12 State conference. Deserves this, spot. deserves this spot. Deserves it good for them. And then USC finishing out um, at number 10. Um, all good on those playoff rankings, Tyler, so far? You want to keep going? Yeah, we can just burn through the rest of them. Cool. Um, Let's, we'll really just go discuss. straight through the next, straight through the top 25. Penn State at 11, Washington at 12, FSU at 13, Oregon State, our Beavs. beloved Be- – well, can they still be our Beavers if we're going to have a conflict of interest? Is that <sighs> – all right. The the our Beavers stat, uh, status is officially um, under review. It's, it's, it's under, under review. review. It's under review. It's under review. Go commercial. We'll, we'll go commercial. Cut, cut to break. Uh, the important part, though, is that they are ahead of their in-state rival, Oregon, who come in at 15. Um the two-lane green wave coming in at 16, looking great while they do it, by the way. LSU dropped all the way to 17. UCLA at 18. South Carolina at 19. Texas at 20. Notre Dame at 21. Mississippi State, 22. NC State, 23. You beautiful, beautiful perennial eight-win team. And then rounding out the top 25, we have Troy at 24, Sunbelt Champions, and UTSA at 25, Conference USA Champions. Meet, meet. Meet, meet, Roadrunners. Um, So glad that the committee could finally say at the last week, oh, you know what? These group of five teams actually are pretty good. Let's put them in the top 25. So glad of them to to have finally seen the light at the end of the season for like the fourth year in a row. Jeez. Anyway. Um, our New Year's Six playoff games, Tyler, we talked about the Peach Bowl and we talked about the Fiesta Bowl serving as the playoff games. Um, our New Year's Six games, Clemson and Tennessee will be playing in the Orange Bowl in the most orange Orange Bowl of all time. Um, oh, that game is kicked off on Thursday, December 30th at 8 p.m. Uh, I'm excited because I will be in Charleston, South Carolina that night. Um, I have a New Year's Eve wedding that I will be attending. So uh-huh. playoff games, I will I will be the you know the commercial if someone's at the wedding, the ATT commercial and the guy's watching the game on his phone. That's you. Um allegedly. That will allegedly be me. Possibly. Allegedly. Who can say? Uh, who can say? <laughs> I mean, one one can time can only tell, but allegedly that may or may not. Um so they'll I'm I'm glad to be able to sit down and watch the game, knowing that I'll just be with a bunch of, you know, football people watching yeah. the game stuff. Also, I'll be in South Carolina, so I'm sure Clemson people are gonna are gonna want to watch this game. So that's the Orange Bowl. We mentioned the Sugar Bowl. We mentioned the Fiesta. Uh, I'm sorry, we mentioned the Fiesta Bowl. We mentioned the Peach Bowl. The Sugar Bowl is a noon kickoff this year, which is a different a change. Um, on New Year's Eve, Kansas State taking on Alabama in a textbook. I don't think Alabama's going to even care about this game situation, given history. I, I cannot wait for this game. I cannot wait for this game either. Noon kickoff. And then, like we said, on New Year's Eve, we have the Fiesta Bowl at 4 Eastern. We have the Peach Bowl at 8 Eastern, those playoff games. Cotton Bowl kicking off our new year, not on the 1st, because the 1st is a Sunday, on the 2nd of January, which is a Monday. Tulane, USC, 1 o'clock Eastern at the Cotton Bowl. Super excited for this game. Um, And then you have the Rose Bowl at 5 p.m. Eastern, January 2nd. Penn State, Utah in a mwah, chef's kiss uniform game with say, the sunset sneaky good uniform game this is gonna be a good gonna play. be great and um as as we said before the playoff games will be the peach bowl and the fiesta bowl the winners of those games will play in the national championship game january 9th 2023 it is a monday uh scheduled for 7 30 eastern probably going to be a little bit later than that and it's taking place 
at SoFi, SoFi Stadium, Stadium in the Big Ten country of Southern California, Los Angeles. So those are uh, your playoff updates. Anything you want to mention about these rankings or anything like that, Tyler, before we move on? Now, what's the weird thing about the final rankings is that it really only affects the top 10. Um, <laughs> Very true. Like a lot Very of the middle, true. I was just like, yeah, this feels like, it's like, I wonder what happened to make them be like this. It was like nothing. This is the same rankings as last week. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly but, what happened here. No, uh, I think I, I, it's so funny to me every year that we all and I, I the committee is, should never be above reproach. I think that the committee has a lot of things wrong with it. Obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously has a little time. But again, my struggle always, and that some people are better about combating this than me. But I'm always kind of like, yeah, but they play the games and they figure it out by the end of the year. And like, I just I don't really have a problem with anything. Like, yeah, Tennessee being Alabama is weird. But they didn't, neither of them made it into the playoff. So what does it really matter? Um, completely agree. And Tennessee's probably like, going to win their bowl game. And Alabama's, you know, I don't. we'll see if Bryce Young even plays. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, all right, Tyler, let's move on. Speaking of Bryce Young, um, Bryce Young uh, notably, notably absent from the Heisman finalist uh, list. The four finalists came out. We have Stetson Bennett from the University of Georgia. Is a sentence I just said. Um, Caleb Williams from USC, who we all assumed would be a finalist. Um, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, who at the beginning of the season we assumed would have been a finalist. And the People's Heisman Trophy winner, Max Duggan. TCU School of Toughness is what Tyler K. Williams wrote here. And I completely co-signed that statement. He majors in the uh, tough college. Um, oh, he didn't major, Tyler. He wrote resili- the curriculum. With a resilience uh, uh, minor. He wrote the curriculum to those degrees, Tyler. That's what it is. He is a professor. Uh, those are your four Rhodes Heisman scholar, finalists. In fact. Um, Rhodes Scholar. Notable absences, like I said, Bryce Young, just because of a big name. Even though this season he didn't deserve in terms of his performance to be nah, there. Nah, we, nah. we get it. But notably, Hendon Hooker. And I think that injury really hurt his chances because it's I the think injury, the injury, like, it sucks. It, but it really injured, did. And he, if he did, honestly, I believe if he did not get injured and he like played just that Andy game and lit it up, we would we, we would be talking about him in uh, New York. I think I he would have been win. put over. I don't think he'd win, but he deserves to go. Yeah, like, I agree. I agree. Um, and Blake Corum from Michigan, not a quarterback, um, a running back, but like uh, like we've all said before, listen, the Heisman Trophy, we. We pay attention to it because it is technically the most prestigious trophy in college football, individual award in college football. Um, and there's a lot of history and all that stuff behind it. But ultimately, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it is kind of a popularity contest in a way. It's become that way. Um, I mean, it's, and, it's, the, it's the best player on the best team. Like, yeah, same, and that's typically same, a quarterback. It's the same as the NFL MVP race. Yeah, it's, exactly. It doesn't really mean what everything everybody thinks it means. Like, right. um, but it is, but it is an accomplishment, and I think no. because of the history behind it, if you're an individual player and you're like, "Wow, I won the Heisman," I don't think anyone should be like, "Yeah, but it didn't really matter." Like, no, you earned that trophy. You know, no, go you get your, it. go but get your it, flowers. You know, it isn't the end all be all. Is the thing correct? Um, it isn't the end all be all. It is, it is prestigious award. Um, who do you predict is going to win? Uh, predict is going to win based on these four. I think they'll give it to Stetson Bennett, which are you serious? I think they'll give it. I, I think are you about serious? What, I'm I'm serious. I think they wow. will give it to him. I I think of I can't these imagine options. That. Here's here's I have three different p- 
picks in, in different in depends on the way you want to think about it. My this is who I think they will give the trophy to pick is Stetson Bennett. My who would I give the trophy to pick is Caleb Williams. And my I really want this to happen pick is Max Dugan. So, yeah, it's kind of how I feel, except for that, like, I don't think Stetson Bennett or CJ Stroud are – I think they're just there for names. Like, um, mm-hmm. like I, I I think the award still is going to Caleb Williams. Um, okay. And I – I would not know, be mad about I that. I don't know if I would agree. I, dis- I don't think I disagree with that pick. I want the award to go to Max Duggan because I think mm-hmm. it'd be better. It'd be well, cooler. He, it, he's the I people's think, Heisman Trophy winner. He's the people's Heisman he's the, Trophy winner. Yeah. He, yeah. he – I mean, Chris Val said it uh, himself. He's just like, how does he have anything left? As he's like, it, t- he was dying. Back. He did ninety-five he, yards of offense on his own. Like, we'll, me- um, we'll mention it when we get to the game. But the man like, quite literally needed to be carried off the field on the game-tying drive. Like quite. And then, in the, and then the post-game conference said, "I didn't put my team in enough place to win." The guy who While was single-handedly crying his game. eyes out at a press conference, putting that's the blame on us on himself. That's the people's leader. That's the people's husband. Honestly, Dolphins draft. He wears draft- fifteen. Goat number. <laughs> I want the Dolphins to draft him, not because I want him to play over Tua, just for the vibes. I know he would be a great you know, locker. Just the vibes. Just that's vibes. all I want. Yep. Yep. That's all I want. Um, I actually don't hate that as a fit. I don't start. Don't start. Don't start. Don't you start. I mean, you know, I, I don't hate it. I'm being serious. I'm not trying to, like, I'm being Tua, really serious Tua, here. Tua and Max Dugan star in, like, a buddy cop movie. <laughs> 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 anyway, if anything else to say, about that. So fast. <laughs> are you kidding me? It'd be great. Oh, that'd be a great one. Um, anything else you want to say about the Heisman? Uh, Hannah Hooker. When, when is for... it? When is it? Oh, like uh, this weekend. Like... Podcast. Heisman. It's always like the weekend podcasting. after the campus, conference championship games because you have you know it's always. Into... It's, I think it's always the night of because that that Saturday after conference championship is always Army Navy and then the Heisman. Yeah, okay, yeah. it is December tenth. It's, it's so it's this coming Saturday because you know going into the first bowl who the Heisman is. Yeah, yeah. This Saturday the broadcast starts at eight o'clock. I will not be watching the broadcast. I will get the alert and then I will watch yeah, the speech see, on YouTube to, later I, on. I watch enough college football. I don't need to see the documentary. Like this is what they did this season. I freaking know what Stetson Bennett did this season. I know what yeah. CJ Stroud did this season. Yeah. I know what Max Duggan did. I know what Caleb Williams did. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All righty. Let's move forward, Tyler. Let's talk. Let's go into silly season. Okay. Okay. I have organ. I have redone the, the rundown um, listeners for those, <laughs> everyone except for Tyler and I, because they were the only ones to see the rundown. I've redone the rundown. I have se- separated into separated it into new hires open jobs, retentions, because that is different than a contract extension, which is the fourth category. Real quick, retentions. Neil Brown was retained at West Virginia. This is something that was not expected to happen. I think a lot of people in the industry and talk on Twitter and and those in the know expected him to not come back as West Virginia's coach, but it turns out that he did. West Virginia just got a brand new athletic director, so it seems like they're going to give him a year to figure things out, a.k.a. the buyout is too high, and they're going to wait to fire him because they would owe him too much money. That's how you read that situation. Um, we had talked about before about some extensions. There's been one added to the list. We talked about Lance um, Leopold um, using Kansas as an extension like a boss. 
uh, getting his extension. We talked about Kalen DeBoer's at Washington. Mark Stoops' automatic one in Kentucky because they had a winning season. And Dabo Sweeney, I guess, restructured something in his contract where he technically qualifies. Like, like anyone cared. <laughs> like anyone cares. But the newest one is Jed Fish at Arizona, which is something that is very surprising. Um, they suck. And not to, well, they suck, but they suck in a much more – in a much – how do I put this nicely? They don't suck don't as much as we that. thought they would suck. Okay. They don't suck as much as we thought they would suck. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess they see they see something that they like, and apparently he's been doing well inside of Arizona schools, which is a rising recruiting market. Um, that's that's true. Area. That's true. So I think they want to do that, Brock especially with Brock Purdy country, um, especially with uh, Kenny Dillingham being the new Arizona State head coach, which we talked about last week. So. Um, all right, those are the retention and extensions. Open jobs, Tyler. Uh, we have Stanford that's open, which we talked about last week. Um, and then still open, we have Western Michigan, UNLV. Newly opened, we have North Texas, where Seth Luttrell was let go after losing in the conference championship game to UTSA. Bit of a surprising move to me, but... A little bit. One, Did you see one of the players, what he tweeted? No. Um, their, their bowl game, because they are bowl eligible. Their bowl game is, I think, the 17th of December. and one of their players tweeted like, man, this couldn't wait until December 17th. And it's like, no dude, unfortunately it can't because early signing day is December 21st. So yeah. it, it actually can't wait that long. Um, but it's interesting to, that he it's ended up turning it around to, to, to fire a coach that when they're in the conference championship game, I completely agree. Um, but that job will be open. We will give an update about if that job comes open and Louisville is an open job. And that is because transition to our new hires. Beautiful. That is because Cincinnati has hired former Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield as their head football coach. Tyler, what do you think of this move? Uh, Scott Satterfield, Matt, masterful decision to take a job instead of getting fired. Um, not that I think he'd be fired this year, but like. Scott Satterfield did not do well at Louisville, in my opinion. Um, it was not going super well. It was fine, but it just it wasn't I think he going had a, well. He had like a twenty-five and twenty-four record, something like very five hundred, yeah. very middle of the pack. It was very average, and I mean Louisville's on that cusp of if you get the right people in there, they can be they can be really good. Like and but you know it's a lot of high variance. It's one of the, those types of ACC schools, and I I think that Scott Satterfield did a good job of taking a different job so that. It doesn't even like, even though this is, I think, a worse job than Louisville from a paycheck perspective, probably. Um, mm-hmm. This was good in the sense that, like, he doesn't have, he, nobody can say that he was fired, even though he probably was going to be, like, Louisville's probably happy to see him gone, but he mm-hmm. wasn't fired. You know, he took a new job. I don't, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't love it for Cincinnati, and I'm happy for Louisville to get to try and inject new life. Like, I mean, I think that's I my could reaction see it as well. Working out, but I just, I gotta be honest. I feel like he could have gotten a better coach than Scott Satterfield. I think so too. I feel like he could have so. I feel like he could have done a better eval. You know? Yeah, I, I think the same, and I also feel the exact same way about you in regards to Louisville situation, since they are now open. Um, and they don't have to pay. Of, they don't have to pay anything. They right. Pay exactly. Like, there's no buyout there. They can go out and get a coach. Which, I mean, listen. Louisville's in the ACC. Cincinnati is now in the Big Twelve. So I think this is a situation where it, it's not it's not a step down like it would have perceived to be if since he was in the American. 
still, Agreed. but it definitely is a um, it, it's a questionable um, from the Cincinnati perspective. I, I think I they were it, better I off. I get it hundred percent from Scott Satterfield's perspective, mm-hmm. but from either schools, I'm like, I have Cincinnati. I feel like you could have done better. Louisville, you should be happy about this. Like, yeah. um, yep, I agree. I'm on the same boat. Um, fun fact: Louisville and Cincinnati play each other in the Fenway Bowl. So. <sighs> Yeah, these teams will be playing each other. In a um, baseball stadium. We will – hey, hey, you know how much I love a football game in a baseball stadium. The, the vibes are immaculate. I love seeing sports in stadiums where they're not designed to be played. I, I, I That is one of my – that is my toxic trait. I love seeing that happen. I think it's yeah. so unique and such a cool experience, and I know I'm That's alone fair. on that one, but yes. That's fair. That's anyway. Fair. I liked it in the NASCAR stadiums. I thought it was cool. I thought that was cool too. I like I like seeing the pinstripe bowl in Fen- in uh, Yankee Stadium. So okay. anyway, moving forward with new coaches, um, Kevin Wilson, the for- the Ohio State offensive coordinator, he is leaving Ohio State and he's taking the Tulsa head coaching job. Don't have much to say. I'm just you know updating everyone. Good to know. Um, we talked about Sat Satterfield. Coastal Carolina has hired North Carolina State Offensive Coordinator Tim Beck, and that is because Jamie Chadwell has left Coastal Carolina and taken the head coaching job at Liberty because Liberty High, um, Liberty coach Hugh Freeze is now the Auburn head coach. We will not reiterate the Auburn Hugh Freeze discussion. We've had that conversation. What I'm curious about is why Jamie Chadwell thinks that leaving Listen, take away the morality of it all um, and the the Again, politics and the we religion. Don't like here. Um, right, right. That that's that's a Tyler and Sergio opinion. It, you're perfectly allowed to have a differing opinion about liberty as a university, as a program, as an athletic department, fine. While we do take issue with that, that is not the argument we'll be making right now. The argument we will be making is why is Jamie Chadwell leaving a Sunbelt program? for a program that is going to be joining the Conference USA and not the Conference USA that includes UTSA and North Texas and FAU. No, no, no. The Conference USA that is now barren and is bringing up teams from the FCS to supplement itself and is will be hands down the worst conference in FBS college football. Why he is moving from somewhere, a, a Sunbelt program that is considered to be in if probably the second best group of five conference and he's taking it's a step down in terms of competition. And I'm not so sure that the risk here is worth the reward. Like, I don't understand the move. Well, one thing that could be a possible explanation um, is that I think we learned this year with Grayson calls injuries and whatnot that Grayson McCall had way more to do with Coastal Carolina's success than maybe we gave him credit for. Like, maybe Grayson, Grayson McCall's good at playing quarterback. Capital and G. I don't want to say Jamie Chadwell's a bad coach, because I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's a good coach. But we all thought, but it's one of the, it's that it's the classic group of five thing. We do this all the time. We did it with Scott Frost, too, where it's just like, UCF is so good because Scott Frost is such a genius offensive mind. It's just like, he's not, he is a good offensive mind. It's like, but I think we're undervaluing how just special Mackenzie Milton was as a college quarterback. Yes. Same thing yes. with Grayson McCall, where I think this year has really exposed that. Grayson McCall's gone after this year, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, he's done. Might he's, be one of those situations where if you're Jamie Chadwell, you want to restart the clock. 
And I, I get that. that no, that's again, something that I understand. But right. why would you choose Liberty as the program well, to restart? I was, was, was going to go into that too. Yeah. Where I was just like, jump the yes, gas. Like, like, I understand cool. leaving, and this isn't the highest your stock is going to be. But Jamie Chadwell, I have to believe, I have to be honest, I have to believe you could have gotten some better jobs than this. Like, Jamie Chadwell was a hot name in this sport for a while. Like, mm-hmm. yep, Louisville just came open. Yeah. Right? You want to tell me that Louisville wouldn't, be, wouldn't throw, throw a going your way? I think, like, I think Louisville would have done that. Looking at you. Like, um, mm-hmm. Listen, jobs, jobs filled in this cycle that I think would have been a better place to go um, than Liberty for footballing reasons, right? Jobs that have been filled that I think he would have been seriously considered at. Yeah, obviously Auburn is a better spot, but it's, he wasn't going to get Auburn. Um, legitimate consideration, I think he could have he – he could have taken the USF job. He could have taken the FAU job. He could have taken the UAB job. He could have taken the Georgia Tech job. I think that that's there. He could have taken the Charlotte job. Those are five jobs that I think that he could have taken that realistically could have become the coach at that I think are better options in Liberty and that he did not choose them. Not to mention, like you said, Louisville that just opened. That's a possibility. Not to mention Cincinnati that just opened that might have been a possibility. So five to me that I think would have seriously considered him, seven if you're counting those other two yeah. um, power five jobs that probably maybe would have considered him, not so sure. I just think it's, it's a bad decision. I don't think this is a good Same, same, completely agree. Bro. Completely agree. Um, so like we said, he took the Liberty job. Tim Beck, NC State offense coordinator at Coastal, it's familiar in the area. I think they did a good job in terms of replacing yeah, or, you no, know, I someone familiar with the spot. Yep. I don't know if it's been good to really, truly give, give an opinion on this. So. Right, right, right. Um, all right. We're going to go through a few more and then we'll come back to the big fish. Okay. Alex Golsh, I believe is how you pronounce Golish, his name. And Golish, Golish. I apologize if I butchered it, Mr. Golish or Gelsh. He is the former Tennessee offensive coordinator, former UCF offensive coordinator. Jace, basically, um, Josh Heifel's Josh guy. Heifel guy. He took the USF job, which I think they could have done better, but I also think that they ended up with someone with a good offensive identity. Now, the question is, they went with the good offensive identity in the last coaching hire, and it didn't work out for them. Yeah, is this going to be different? This is one of those. This is one of those Dan Lanning situations where it's you know like you know Oregon hired Dan Lanning, Kirby Smart's DC. How much are you really a defensive coordinator on a Kirby Smart team? Same thing with Alex Golish. I'm like, how much are you really the offensive coordinator on the Josh Heifel team? Very true. Same thing for like any offensive coordinator that Mullen had. It's just like, you're not really like the offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, I get it. Dan Lanning's doing really well at Oregon. So that doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just that like, it's it's not those situations where it's like when Lincoln Riley was an OC, you were like, yeah, well, like that's his offense, you know, or things like that. Alex Golish, you're just kind of like, is it really your offense? Like, um, yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. It's true. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. We we will see. Um, GJ Kinney, the former incarnate ward head coach from FCS, is now the Texas State head coach. I think that's a good idea to pull someone. Pull someone up. Um, pull someone up. I, I agree with that. Tom Herman, the former Texas head coach, is now the head coach at FAU. Won't spend too much time on this because, in the grand scheme of things, we have to dedicate some time to other hires. Just want to say, I love it. I really do love this hire for, for FAU. I think that this is someone who could have taken other jobs in this cycle. I think he could have easily been the UAB coach. I think he could have been 
the USF coach. I think he could have been the Cincinnati coach. Could've I think he could coach. have been. He could have been the the where? He could have been the Liberty coach. Could have been the <laughs> well done. Could have been the Liberty coach. Um, wouldn't have been surprised to have seen him in other Power Five programs like Colorado, or Arizona State, or you know maybe not Wisconsin or Nebraska because they wanted someone someone a bit more established. But after being out of the game for I think two years, I think this is a great way back in for Tom Herman. I think I think FAU will, is at its best when they have young coaches who are proven can get the most out of the program for three to four years and then jump to a bigger job. I think that is perfectly what um, FAU, especially in the American, um, can aim for. So love the hire. I think it's going to be great. Um, Trent Dilfer was hired as the UAB head coach, head scratcher to say the least. I, did, I don't get it. <laughs> so on, on the I mean, rundown, I, said... I, put, I put their former positions and for – Trent Dilfer, I just put high school coach and Elite 11 because I know he worked with the Elite 11 stuff. Um, and he was apparently just, a coach at a high school who didn't ever make the playoffs at the high school level. So I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't even have anything I mean, to say. It's just know, like, I can, be, I can be proven wrong. I mean, so, sometimes coaches that are surefire don't pan out. Coaches that, like the Scott Frost thing didn't pan out. But then there's coaches that don't make any sense and they're actually great. I, but I, just, I, what, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get the no, thought I'm, process to lead to this point is my point. Like, yeah. How do you get no. to this point where you, your, your first option is Trent Dilfer? That is an excellent question, Tyler. <laughs> um, Brent Key was promoted from the interim position to the full-time head coach at Georgia Tech. Uh, had a good, successful, relatively successful time as the interim on the back half. So um, news there. All right, Tyler. We talk, we talk about Hugh Freeze, we talk about Luke Fickle, we talk about Matt Rule. It's time. Deion Sanders is the head football coach at Colorado, comes from Jackson State, is apparently taking 30% of the program with him, um, which, I, which I love, by the way. I think, yeah. I think more people should be bringing their people with them. Um, did you see the video of him talking to the Colorado players? I know the yeah, answer is yes. So my question video. to you, what what did you think? What was your reaction? And what is your take on Deion Sanders at Colorado? Uh, okay. Multiple things to break down there. Um, Level had a reaction to what he said, which to remind everyone is that he said, um, I'm bringing my own luggage with me. It's Louie. Um, and if you ain't good enough, get real comfortable with the transfer portal. Paraphrasing. Um, now, I actually don't, in the content and message of this, have much of a problem with what he said because, you know, like, Colorado sucked this year. They were bad. Like, they, and so, yeah, you, should, you shouldn't be comfortable with having a starting position there. Now, was it a little bit surprising? No, like, in the way he said it? Maybe. But again, like, it is the reality of, like, hey, so this team sucks. If you're not good enough, get out of here. And my thing with Deion Sanders is that, that I'm a little worried about. And Tom Fernelli said this on number three as well, is that like, I'm a little worried about him turning this into a TV show. It's like the fact that it was recorded and he said it is that I'm like, okay, like this is, you are being an FBS head coach and like, you're going to have to, this is not about creating an entertainment. Like that can be a part of it. Like Clemson has a huge video department that is documentaries, all this kind of stuff. But that, that's gotta be an, like a side note, a footnote into what you are as a coach. Like, you know, I, I'm not – this becoming a reality show is not what I think – is what worries me. I don't think it's going to work. Now, 
multiple things here. Deion Sanders taking the Colorado job from the it was probably the highest profile from a pay and status in the sport perspective that highest profile job that Deion Sanders could get right now. Um because it's a power five job. It's probably the only power five job he was going to get. I don't I'm I think of recruiting roots and I'm just like, that's interesting to go to Colorado. Like I don't really know if Deion Sanders has a lot of roots there or anything like that. But at the same time, it's already showing and like it's on social media everywhere that like Deion Sanders is attracting interest to Colorado that so many people would never have had because they want to go play for Deion Sanders. Here's the problem though. You're getting you're getting to the part of the game you when you go from Jackson State, skip the G five, go straight to Colorado. Um, you're getting to the level of the sport where it's not enough to just assemble good recruits and like let them have at it. Like you got to be a good coach, you know. And recruiting is probably the thing he's going to be the best at, and it's one of the most important things about the sport. And like, there's a real chance here that Colorado, if if he goes about it right, could make some serious strides. Could be really good. Um, they could change their status in the Pac-12 as the Pac-12 is changing. But it's – I just worry because he he was really successful at Jackson State. But if you look at his tenure at Jackson State, it's a lot of blowouts, a lot of crazy recruiting classes that nobody – like, you know, you get Travis Hunter to come to Jackson State. There is not a person probably in the SWAC that can block that kind of talent, you know? Yeah. And you – if you're going to – he's going to bring him to Colorado – where he'll still probably be dominant, but you're playing in the Pac-12. You play, well, I think, for like USC's around for one more year. I don't I know think if Travis. One, Hunter, yeah. I don't think Travis. Do you think Travis Hunter dominates USC's offensive line? No. Domin- dominate the way he's the way he's dominating no. right now. No. No. Like, so, he, so will, will he thing. still be a good player and effective and all that? Of course he was. He's the number yeah, one overall. He's a great player. Recruit in his class. He's a really good corner. He's a great player. <laughs> The advantage that tra- getting Travis Hunter gives you in the SWAC is not the same as it does in the Pac-12, like um, at yes, the Power Five. I agree. So my thing, what that means is that, like, quote, okay, so Deion Sanders, who's been around football for so long, he will forget more about football than I'll ever know. But he are now getting to the part of the sport, the level of the sport, where you have to be a good coach. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be a good coach. And I'm not saying you can't do it because, you know, it's easy Jack to say we haven't really seen him. But I don't know if he's been tested like that, so it's it's an unknown to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I get I, it. I do. I like I the hire because I like I, I like Deion Sanders getting a, a job. Like I like Deion Sanders being in the Power Five. I like the, I like the possibility. I like him going to Colorado, a school that I never would have thought he would go to, and possibly re you know if things are go well, revitalizing that program. You know, I think I think it be could be great. I love that he that this is happening. This is great for us as like college football fans to watch. I'm not sold that it's going to work because there's just so many unknowns. Yeah. And that's my biggest issue with the situation. I don't disagree with the hire. I'm just like you. I think, um, I think that the, I think that the hire is good. I, I think he's, I think he's qualified. I think he's shown that he has been very successful at that level. I think that he would have been better off personally going to somewhere like USF first, um, and not jumping into, um, a, a power five program, yeah. but again, look, I that, I'm, I, I'm glad he went and I'm, I think he's a good hire. I just don't see this as like, that's it. It's done. Colorado is now fixed. 
it's I it's, saw somebody it's say that there. I was going to be in the playoff within five years, and I'm like, you get I, I, what drugs are no, you smoking? No, <laughs> I, I and and I also think that listen, this is where the dangerous part of the transfer portal comes in. You and I are both full proponents of the portal and what's happening and all that stuff, but coaches have to be smart with how they construct their teams. You cannot just go out and build brand new teams every single season. And you need to be able to do the high school recruiting, which I have no doubt that Dion's going to be able to do. Absolutely yeah, think he's going to be able to crush it. That's probably going to be the strongest part of his game. Exactly. He's going to be able to get those guys. I have no problem with it. My issue is that everyone is automatically stamping this as national champ, or playoff contender, uh, Pac-12 champion, uh, uh, all let's New Year's Six Bowls. Let's season first. Let's, let's make a bowl game. Let's make a bowl game, guys. Let's show me an offensive identity. Show me what you're going to be doing. I think he hired the Kent State head coach as his offensive which coordinator. Which I don't hate. I think that's which not I don't bad. hate either. Like, he went in. He got someone else who's smart. I like it. I think he's doing the right things. I just don't want to throw all of this. Yes, no. yes, it's working. When we haven't even seen anything, what? I have had someone personally <laughs> tell me if this works at Colorado, this is the greatest turnaround in college football history. No, it is not. UAB literally did not have a football program. It was literally shut down for three or four seasons. They came back and they won their conference in year one. That is a turnaround story. You want to talk about turnaround stories? Kansas, what Lance Leopold's doing at Kansas. That is a turnaround story. Colorado's bad. Completely agree. But let's not act like Colorado up until when they left um, the Big 12 for the Pac-12 in the early tw- 2010s. Let's not act like they weren't at a minimum six to seven wins. I think they've won more than Colorado seven. Won games. a national championship. Well, Colorado won, won a national championship. They won half of one. Right, which is they the same Georgia, Georgia Tech. <laughs> they say Georgia Tech, which is even oh, crazy. Right, right, right. Um, but but my point is that like this isn't this. He's not taking. Uh, he's he's not taking Vanderbilt. You know, he, he yeah. he's taking Colorado, which has an identity, which is. Which which is a program that is getting money behind. Did you see what the AD said at the press conference? They're like, we don't have the money to hire him now, but I'm not worried about that. People are going to be rolling in, and and that's what happens when you bring in a guy like Dion. My final point, personally, like you said, I'm very concerned. I'm not concerned, but I am trepidatious that this is going to turn into the Dion show and not the University of Colorado where Dion Sanders happens to be the coach. And, and I know that that's something that was going to come at wherever he went to school because he, you are hiring prime. You are hiring Dion. I and, get it. And the, the, I, it's, just, it's just a concern I have. How there much advantages, there's advantages. Correct. But, I completely agree. But, and like, we're in the same mind here where it's just like, it's, it's not that he can't do that. It's just, it's just like that. Again, that has to be a footnote in you being a good coach. First, like, yes, this is not yes. about creating a reality show of building the brand. And, you know, the building the brand is powerful. It's more important these days than it ever has been in a lot of ways. Because that's what kids want to play for. It's used for recruiting. Again, you have to focus on being a good coach. Yeah. So, I, and, and my, we'll my see, last we'll thing, see. too, what happens when Dion in his head coaching career hasn't really dealt with adversity on the field? Yeah. Really, really hasn't had to. Which good because he's put himself in a position where he hasn't had to. He's so good at every other aspect of his job that he doesn't have to. Fa- he hasn't had to face adversity on the field, which is a good coach. That's good. He will face adversity on the field in the Pac-12. Yeah. Look you at what Utah. You just can't turn this around so much that you don't face adversity. 
and and I'm and I'm afraid they, that they we're just going to get TCU game one next week, next season. They're going to play the defending national champions. That's insane. <laughs> Who schedules uh, that? But you get uh, my point, right? Like, yeah. and I just I just feel too the the animosity of like I just I hate to be that like. Hey, get off have, my lawn, guy. We have but I we have a reputation for being overly positive about most things that happen, most hires and or like things that happen. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have doubts, Sergio. I'm telling you. I know. Like, I just, I just hate the. I, I hate to sound. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I hate when people who don't watch this sport and care about the sport the way we do, and the way that you know people who listen to this podcast and everyone, you know, college football heads like us. I hate when they parachute down and go, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to work. And it's like, well, actually, let me, someone who, no offense, is smarter than you in this specific area and has more credibility than you, explain to you why that may happen. But there's a lot of reasons why it won't. And don't be surprised when it doesn't. It's like, yeah. I don't I don't know. It's, it's like when people are like, oh, Lincoln Riley coming to, to USC, national championship year one. Mm, no, not happening. Could happen not happening yet it's so whole so many different things it's yeah it's the parachute um I, again Deion Sanders opinion. could work out and honestly i hope that it does i really do yeah i do but too. i can I see do. where I, it can, I can see where it can fail right now and yeah. i have we have to be prepared for that well one, one thing that Dion is prepared for is an influx of transfers both coming in oh and go, going out of Colorado State. there are too many players to talk about the transfer portal right now Last we're not going to get into this now uh, we will mention it next week. We will be having our bowl extravaganza episode. Um, we will mention players that are, have transferred in and out um, during throughout that episode. We may even do a transfer section at the beginning before we do the bowls. Um, we will say um, that we'll talk about Florida's transfer situation in depth during the postmortem, which will come in two weeks. Um, so that in two weeks, we'll talk about Florida specifically, their transfer situation. Um, but notably, some players that are returning, Michael Penix Jr. is returning to Washington, play quarterback. Good for him. Huge for them. Jordan Travis is coming back to Florida State, which is a also very big thing for them. And Kayshawn Boutier, I believe. Kayshawn Boutier. Boutier, um, Boutier, Boutier. Uh, he is returning as well. So that's good news. That is good news for them. Wide receiver LSU. Yes, yes, correct. That's good news for them. All right, Tyler. It's time. Let's talk about these conference championship games. Let's talk about them. Uh, You know, too loud. Lower your voice. Lower your voice. Okay, please. Conference USA, North Texas 27, UTSA 48. Meep, meep. We both took the Roadrunners. We both got the points on that one. Really wasn't in question. As we mentioned before, Seth Luttrell lost his job after this game. Um, I like the North Texas job opening. I didn't mention it when we talked about the openings, but... That is a Not job that job. everyone everyone in the industry is very much like, that's a job I want as a stepping stone because of the facilities, because of the way they operate, all that kind of stuff. So do you have anything to say about this game? Because this was not uh, the no. game that I watched Friday night. No. I saw the highlights. Really was just UTSA the doing it. to an early lead, and they never really gave it up. Yep. They just did their thing. They just did their thing. We both got the points on that one. Yeah. Utah 47, USC 24. We both picked USC. We did not get the points here. This was a close game into the fourth quarter. Um, there was a point where Caleb Williams, who very ob- very clearly was w- working with one bad hamstring. That, to me, just shows how good of a player he is. He is oh, yeah. so, so good. Leg. He was playing on one leg, 
and he was making throws when he needed to. He adjusted well. Like he played differently than if he was fully healthy, but it was it was very much a it reminded me a lot of like in basketball, like if like Kobe was big for this, right? If Kobe mm-hmm. was dealing with like a bad ankle, he would do everything in his game that didn't require like heavy ankle usage and he would still drop 42 points on you despite yeah. having a bad ankle. That Not was kind of like how it, I play around it, you know, play like, around it. That's exactly what Caleb Williams did. And it really, it really felt like he was taking control and, and he, he did the best that he could. Right. At one point, this game was 27 to 24 with like eight minutes left in the game. And then Utah just decided to shut things down on defense and put it into overdrive offensively. And it was just too much for USC. So that's that I saw this game. So I saw this game live. I thought it was a really good game. Very entertaining. And like we said before, very happy for Utah for pulling out the win and and doing it well. It's that thing where like USC has done better than I thought they would this season. Like I thought they'd be really good, but I thought it'd be more like a like a nine and three, ten and two type of season. It's an eleven and two season. Uh possibility to go twelve and two. And Mm -hmm. you know, that's really good for them. They've only lost to Utah this season both times. Utah no shame that, that win. No shame in yeah. that. Utah's a good team. Very good um, team. And you know, USC, USC, it is one of those things that were like USC was winning a lot, has had like almost unsustainable parts of their team. Like they had mm-hmm. a crazy amount of turnovers this season and from their yeah. defense. Like, 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 like the most interceptions in the country. And mm-hmm. part of that is, you know, skill, but part of that is, you know, luck. And is one of those games where, like, not necessarily those things came back to bite them, but you're not going to, you know, this was, uh, they weren't as good as we thought they were. Um, well, and I, I, there's I, no I don't shame think, in that. Well, I don't think that's the way to put it either. I think that, and there's a parallel here with the Florida season. The, it, Florida finished 6-6. Six and six, And the reason we're kind the reason the energy was kind of down was because it came on two losses to end the season. I think the reason why this feels worse for USC is because they were in a legit playoff situation. Whereas that wasn't the expectation to begin the season, at least from those of us in the know, right? Yeah. I feel like we thought, okay, if they make the Rose, the PAC 12 title game. Great. I think that's a, that's a successful season. And that's exactly what happened. And not only that, they beat everyone on their schedule with the exception of Utah. Which there's nothing to be ashamed about. Utah is on a run it's right now. More of this this Pac-12 title had more to do with Utah being better than I think we all give yes. credit for than USC Correct. being worse. So I think actually you're right. Yeah, that's how, that's how I feel. That's the parallel I have with Florida too. You know that it feels worse than it was because of the ending, and I think this feels worse for USC than it was because the the playoff uh, was right there. So it like hurts Caleb a bit Williams more. Williams has to come back to school next year. So like I, USC is going to be in a good position going into Correct. next year for what they want. I agree. Rest up that hamstring, my friend. Um, all right, moving forward, the Big 12 title game, Kansas State 31, TCU 28 in overtime. The Flowers all go to Max Dugan. He is the one who made this game a game. Uh, TCU was down 10 points with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. He led TCU on two drives and was able to score the points necessary to get them to overtime quite literally needed a two-point conversion, uh, was carried off the field by his offensive lineman, was gassed, gave it everything. They tried to give him oxygen on the sideline. He didn't take it. He was just being a dog. It was incredible. He did. Yeah. He played so well in defeat. 
Um, it's it's funny too yeah. because in like in overtime, part of their thing on the short the the goal line is that like Sonny Dykes has said he's like we did not feel comfortable asking Max Duggan to QB sneak that ball. Here's the thing: Max Duggan would have done it. Um, but it was I think it was smart at Sonny Dykes. Like as a coach, like yeah, your players are always going to want to do things that they're not really of that, course like. But that's just a testament to like. Your your quarterback gave you so much, just giving your your all in every possible way that you don't even feel comfortable putting his body on the line for the, for the goal line seat. And we can all argue. I think TCU got a little okay. I think TCU got a little robbed in regards to some of the calls at the end of the game. However, I think I think that say, second that second and goal on the goal I mean, line yeah, in overtime. I think he got in. So I like that, in. that to me is the biggest one. But I'm, here's here's uh, ultimately didn't you know it's one of those things where ultimately TCU didn't end up you know getting faulted for this because right. they got made the playoff. But everything I say, Kansas State still deserved this win. Like yes, completely. Whoever agree. was going to win this game deserved this win. Both these teams yeah. played so well. Kansas State played so well for so long. They really held TCU down. Uh, Kansas yeah. State defense forced some turnovers. Uh, the, the deep passing game, the explosive plays weren't always there for TCU. And again. Mm-hmm. TCU is very comfortable in a close game situation. And they proved it here. Like yes. Again, they, they arguably lost on a bad call, which, yeah. again, we always talk about you put yourself in a position to be up, uh, screw bad mm-hmm. calls. But TCU has been so good in these situations. It bodes well for them going to the playoff because, like, these types of Big 12 teams um, that always make the playoff always have that weird thing where, like, they can, you know, they, gotta, they can make explosive plays. That's their bread and butter. But how do they do in a close game? You know, like right. TCU has actually proved that they are very comfortable in a close game. The only thing is that like they do need to work on their short yardage. But excellent win by Kansas State. Chris Kleiman doing we all kind of knew you would do at Kansas State, which is you know turning mm-hmm. it into a little Southern North Dakota State. Um, Kansas State, Kansas State, and TCU are both programs that shouldn't be at the top of the Big Twelve technically, but they are, and they deserve every second of that. Like. And and I think and I think that that's the important takeaway here as a neutral. I do want to say you said that ultimately, oh, it didn't hurt them TCU with the loss. I mean, yes, but I'm also a proponent that the map, they don't win the big, they don't win the conference. They dominated the entire season in that conference, get, and then they, they ended up not winning it. Yeah, which sucks. Until I mean, only the, the national, national title, right? Of course. But no, I, I, it's just another thing of I'm a big believer in that the national championship should not be the only thing that matters. And I think that Max Dugan is someone who understands that. And Max Dugan, with his post game, like I really wanted this game, knowing yes, there was up in the air of if they were going to make the playoff or not. But I think, regardless of that, I think he just wanted to win the game. He wanted to win the Big Twelve. Yeah. He wanted to bring that conference championship to um, to TCU. So, like, yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's let's move forward, Tyler. Excellent game by TCU. An excellent game. I can't excellent. Say, this was, in my opinion, the game of the day. I agree. Completely agree. This was the game of the day. What a great performance by both teams. Um, rivals the Utah USC game for game of the weekend, but definitely I think this was the, yeah. I think that this one for sure. All right. Um, quickly Toledo 17, Ohio seven in the Mac title game. Um, I got the point on that one. Cause I picked Didn't Toledo. Watch a second. Same here. Moving forward. Sunbelt coastal Carolina, 26, Troy 45. Tyler gets the point on that. When he picked Troy, I picked coastal grace. Um, like, Grayson McCall did play in this game, um, did not look the same, clearly was still hurt, and Troy went uh, on a big-time lead early and never gave it up. This game was over in the first quarter. Um, kudos to Troy. 
Uh, like we said, that they finished, I think it was 24th in the playoff rankings. Yes, they did at 11 and two dominated the conference this season. Um, good for them. And that Troy coach should be on, on some lists for, for better jobs. So good for them. Tyler gets the point on that one. The sec championship game. This game wasn't much of a game. Georgia 50 LSU 30. We both Credit get the points LSU on this one. 30 points. Credit to, yeah, honestly, with uh, Jaden Daniels going out with an injury in this game. Still lost um, by 20, though. Still lost by 20. Tyler and I both get the points on this one. Tyler gets two points because this was his two-point of the week. Um, I only get one point. I don't have much else to say about this game. It really went exactly how we thought it was going to be. Uh, I think that Texas A&M game really exposed LSU um, and was like, oh, okay, this is how you're going to beat them, and George just kind of exploited it, you know? Yeah. Took over the game, so. Um, next up, the American Conference, Tulane 45, UCF 28. Tyler gets the point on that one, Tulane 1. Um, great game. Great game. Great game. Like, really good game. Second best game of the day. I think third best game of conference championship weekend behind Pac-12 at number two and the Big 12 at number one. Um, this was close. This was a um, situation where um, – John Rice Plumley, his hamstring, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury the past month and a half, two months. Um, it flared up again. He was clearly hurt. Um, John Rice Plumley's coming back next season, by the way. He is coming back next season, which I think is a good sign for UCF, um, for Gus. Not my favorite quarterback, but I think he works no. well in the Gus system. So I think yeah. it's the right decision. Um, backup quarterback Mikey Keene did not play in this game because he didn't dress. He had already played in four games this season, so he was still eligible for a redshirt. And I have a feeling there was a wink, wink, handshake deal with Gus saying, hey, you're not the style of quarterback that works in my system. I like you a lot. I'm, you know, I'm going to take care of you. Um, so what I'll do is I will let you only play you in four games. That way you can redshirt and keep a year of eligibility. So you can go in the portal and have that extra year, make yourself more attractive to other programs. So I think that was a very nice thing of Gus to do, but it did bite him in the butt because they could have really used Mikey at times in this game. Instead, they went to the third stringer, the true freshman, who looked good, whose name has escaped me right now, um, and will be the full backup next year behind John Rice Plumley. Um, but again, he wasn't John Rice Plumley. Plumley came back in in like the third, fourth quarter, and you could tell that the team was offense was playing better, but clearly he wasn't at 100%, so he kind of couldn't do what he wanted to do. Yeah. So. Uh, credit to Tulane. Great, great uniform game, by the way. Oh. UCF with the all whites and Tulane with that like powder baby blue that they wear. Incredible. And the fans stormed the field, and it was their first conference title since like the 90s. So good for them. Good for good Tulane. For they are now playing in the Cotton Bowl. Good for them. Um, Tyler gets a point on that one. The Mountain West title game, Fresno State 28, Boise State 16. I had this on a side screen when I was watching this, uh, while I was watching the American and the SEC title games. Uh, yeah, Fresno went ahead early and never let up. Um, really not much to say here. Boise on a down year as a whole, but it is what it is. Neither of us get the points on that one. Um, the game that we forgot to pick on the air last week, uh, the Big Ten title game. Embarrassing Sorry, my um, fault, guys. I apologize. Um Michigan 43, Purdue 22. Never in doubt. We both got the points on this one. Really was just kind of a got to go through the motions game for Michigan. Michigan. Kind of messing around for a little while. Like, uh, but credit to Michigan for now being in this position for two years in a row of are they that good? Are we sure? We'll wait till the Ohio State game. Oh, no, no, they're that good. And then 
dominating in the in the conference title game. So good for them. Um, two straight over over Ohio State, two straight conference titles, two straight playoff appearances for the Michigan Wolverines. We all thought that Jim Harbaugh was never going to get it done. We all did that. We all that was us. We did think that. Um, and then finally, the ACC title game: Clemson thirty nine, North Carolina ten. Tyler gets the point on this one, but most importantly, the Drake May Heisman bus bandwagon is in need of a new engine. Our tires burst. Our engine broke down. A friend of mine accidentally put diesel fuel in the engine. Just we're, we're, we're really struggling over here. I'm not selling my stock yet. I'm holding, I'm not buying put that more thing stock. in the shop though. Like I'm holding, I'm hoping that next season does well. Um, but it's not looking too good for your boy right now. So uh, not looking too good. Uh, on the flip side, again, Dabo Sweeney keeps getting away with it. Like he um, he's not, he's not Jimbo guys, Fisher. He's not yeah. Jimbo Fisher levels of you can't keep getting away with this because Dabo Sweeney actually wins conference and national championships. Yeah. So like deservedly so he he's allowed. This is like a weird it's, it's, season it's, for him. Okay, it's keeps getting away with it. Parentheses, uh, ironic, ironically, yeah. right. Jimbo right, just keeps right. getting away with it, parentheses derogatory. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, well, like, DJU plays two series in this game. Kate Clubman comes in, looks like an actual, like, looks like a Clemson yeah. quarterback we're used to seeing. And, like, yes. I believe, Dabba, that the main reason that you don't, that Kate Clubman wasn't starting that much this season was because I don't think they were really ready for him to take over, you know? Yeah. And... Now it looks like they are. DJU announced he's going to be transferring, which surprised no one. I've already thought that at the end of the season. I appreciate him for sticking out for the whole season. Um, I agree. I agree. And yeah, I mean, like they kind of handled it. Clemson, it, it's one of those things where Kate Clemson comes in, you're like, oh, Clemson is still Clemson, you know? Listen, it's I, still, I it's had still this... in there somewhere, you know? Like, yeah, I had to pick up my sister at, at a party at like 10 o'clock. So I only saw like live probably about the first half of this game. But when I left the bar with my friend from my friends to go pick up my sister, I was like, I don't feel like I'm going to be missing anything. And by the time I got home after picking up my sister, dropping off her friends, all that stuff, it was like early in the fourth. And I was like, OK, all right. So I put it on my iPad and then like on my actual television, I just watched the UFC fight night that was on. Nice. I was like, I'm, I'd rather just watch UFC, have the game on a separate screen, see how it's going. Didn't miss much. You know, that's exactly what it was. Oh, so. you did not. But and that was my, this, this that was my well for game. This, this goes well for Clemson's future. I feel, I feel like next year is one of those things where you're like, oh. They might be a title contender next year. Well, this is one of those situations that we've talked about with Alabama where it's like, okay, this was very clearly a down year for Clemson. Tyler, they went 11-2 and and won the ACC. That's the down year for Clemson. Last year was like, this is the worst year Clemson's had forever. They won 10 games. (laughs) So so two straight down games. Two straight down years, both with conference championships. I mean, okay, it's the thing. And like – I, I do think Tennessee's better than them, you know, with their offense and everything like. But like Clemson with Kate Clubnick behind, behind center, Clemson could still win their con- their bowl game. Like, yeah. Oh, they, I, listen, I don't want to spoil too much of the bowl extravaganza we got going on next week, where we will be picking every single bowl game, um, and we will also be playing guess that sponsor, um, where we figure out. I give Tyler what the sponsor of the bowl game is, and he tries to figure out what that company, what, what that what that is. Could be a company. Could be I don't know. We don't know. Okay, 
could we don't know there's one called wasabi just the name the, just wasabi you know what you put on your sushi so just keep that in mind anything is possible but i don't want to spoil too much about that episode next week but I am leaning Clemson over Tennessee in the Orange Bowl because of the quarterback situation being a bit more established now. You know, it, you have Cade Clublick with Clemson is looking good, looking great. And you have Joe Milton with Tennessee, who I think is a fine quarterback, but he's not Hendon Hooker. And he, he clearly isn't Hendon Hooker that we saw. The only game that he – the only legitimate game that he played was against Vanderbilt. And as good of a year as Vanderbilt had for their standards, they're still Vanderbilt. So it wasn't that big of a – test you know what are, you, what are you supposed to take away from that what are you supposed what? to take away from that exactly and this is going to be it'll be i think it'll, it'll be the prime time game on that thursday night um heading into before new year's eve the first new year's six game to kick off my in miami orange bowl it, it, it's it'll be a big thing i i like clemson in that game as of now we'll see if that maintains um but unfortunately that was my two-point game the ac title game was so i did not get the two-point which brings our season total to Tyler 55 and Sergio 50. So Ooh, say again. Tyler, Tyler with 55 points and Sergio with 50. Oh, I love to hear it. Which means, which means Tyler, which means here we go. I'm on my Are phone. I'm going to my profile, edit profile. And I am officially actually, no, this deserves more. This deserves a lot more. We're going to record this on the air, screen record, and I will be tweeting this out once this podcast um, once this podcast uh, goes up. I am currently backspace, 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 backspace. Oh, he's doing it. I have save. I have officially deleted. Yeah, yeah. College football picks champion over Tyler. So Tyler, oh, it feels so good. Congrats! Mm. Enjoy your year the with king that in your body. Oh God, they 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 counted me out, but the king is back. Um, this is one of those yeah. things where I got an interception like right at like on your game winning drive and like kicked the field goal to go up like five points. Um, felt great. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Congrats to Tyler, I guess, is what I have to say in my sideline judgment contract. Hey, man. Um, hey, man. You still got ball extravaganza? We still do. We still we still have ball extravaganza. Yes, correct. Which which I'm the capital one too, but <laughs> our capital one bowl mania will be going up next week, uh, and we will be putting that in the show notes next week, so you can join. That is the next episode we will be doing again, picking every single bowl game. You are more than welcome to join us. Um, we yeah, still we'll owe, we still owe Raul and Alexa an episode each from last year. You're so, so right. Off season, we, off season, we will be have we will be giving it to them. We will also be um, the prize if you win the bowl extravaganza pool is you will get an episode where you come on to sideline judgment during the off season and we are able you are able to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. So. We still owe that to Raul and Alexa, Raul, my stepdad, Alexa, my girlfriend. They tied last year, which is why they both get it. Um, and then you, dear listener, if you win, you will come on the podcast and you will have one of your own episodes yourself in the offseason. Tyler, like we said, bowl extravaganza coming next week. The week after will be the official Florida Gators postmortem episode. We will talk all about the Gators this past season 
and what was good, what was bad, what we think needs to continue, what we think needs to change, and our outlook for the offseason and the 2023 season. Man, Tyler, the regular season is now officially over. We are going into bowl season. We will not oh, be – one moment, sir. Oh, what's this? very crucial game. What's this? Oh, by God. By God. That's Army Navy's music playing. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the entrance theme is just the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me rephrase that. It's our national anthem, which is America the Beautiful. Yes, absolutely. But, um, um, yeah, of course, of course. The superior song. Um, that is true. We do have one game left. We do have yeah. one game left. No I stakes apologize. on this. I just – nope. who do you think is going to win? Who do you think um, – I'm thinking I don't Army. Know this year. Like, I'm I'm thinking Army um, because Navy's kind of had some off the field issues in terms of their athletic director and head coach getting along and stuff like that. And I think that if if Navy doesn't, if Army wins, I think that Navy job will open up. And I also think that um, Army's just a better team this season. I know Navy beat UCF, but like, let's not put too much stock in that on an 11 a.m. local kickoff um, in a look-ahead spot. Let's not put too much um, stock in that one. Uh, uh, I, I, I like I like Army over Navy in this one. Wow, sounds like a typical UCF fan undervaluing Navy. Um, Get I like, out of I like here. Navy in this. I like Navy you, in this game. Shock you are <laughs> you. I'm I'm so done with you today. I'm so done. And Brock Purdy beat my NFL team. Ooh, I'm blaming this man, weekend on you. Third week to beat Tyler Williams. <laughs> this was a horrible, horrible sports weekend for Sergio. A great one for Tyler. Great a great one for, one for Tyler. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, showed, like, I, I, had, I took my girlfriend to a sports bar for the first time. Introduced her to the sport of football. Um, How'd that go? She, it was. Um, and I hope you don't listen to this. Um, it was um, uh, she just did she didn't like understand the rules of football. So it was mostly it actually was great because I watched the Jaguars like absolutely get curb stomped by the Detroit Lions, but I got to mostly distract myself because every bad or good thing that was happening, I was like, so this is why that's bad, or this is why yes. that's good. This is what a sack is. And she's like, what's a down? Oh, wow. like, oh wait, 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 wait. Like, oh, we're talking real she rudimentary. She didn't know what a down like, was. Oh, which. In your hey, head, right. how, do you, how would you explain to a person who doesn't know what a down was what a down is? Okay, so a down it's is very the difficult exact to explain. Name. <laughs> well, hold on. Tell me if this works. So a down, just think of a down like a chance, like an opportunity. Yeah. So you have four chances, four opportunities to get 10 yards. So that's, and, that's how I explain it. Those are just – that's how they just – they call them downs. That's, the, that's yeah. just what they're called in the sport. And when you get to that, when you get past that yellow line, which is the, yeah. the marker of 10 yards, they reset. So you start again at one. That's See, it. That's that, I I, that's, it took a while to get to that. The other thing is that then from there, I had to explain. It's just like, no. So that blue line, the line of scrimmage where you start from happens wherever you go out of bounds, like either negative or positive. Correct. She's like, oh, but that was like four yards. You have to go back to the start to the yellow line. They're like, no, it's start. That yellow line is 10 yards from wherever you go out of bounds. Right. Then you had to explain the clock and, you know, turnovers and, it's like you can pass and run. Like the only thing she knew is that is, and I quote, a touchdown is worth six or seven points. Um, 
Which okay. Is like not Good. Technically incorrect, but not the complete picture. Um, I love I love the differences between our girlfriends. You have to like actually explain what the sport of football is from scratch, while Alexa's out here discussing Gus Malzahn theories with me. So I feel both like both are beautiful. I, I, <laughs> both are beautiful. Both are are their own glory. I also. I also blame myself because I 100% corrupted Alexa. Like that's yeah. that's on me. I'm a little worried because like I'm I excited don't... for I'm excited for your girlfriend's arc. I can't wait for her to get to the point where she's texting you about how Lincoln Riley needs to hire a new defensive coordinator. Like Whoa, mwah, just Jeff's kiss would be good. That uh, would be great. I, here's the thing: she is from Santa Fe, New Mexico, and she her college was uh, NYU. She has no teams in the football sphere, to, to, so she's all mine. I get to fully corrupt her. I offered her to wear one of my Jags t-shirts to the sports bar, and she said no because she felt like she'd need to earn it before she could wear it. And I did respect that. That um, That's a keeper. That, my friend, is exactly – you know what would have been funny, though? If you what? were describing to her every rule, but the one thing she did know, she was like, oh, no, that's a catch. It's like, really? Because I don't think anyone knows what a catch is anymore. But somehow the person who doesn't know football yeah. knows what a catch is now. <laughs> the best – yeah, the absolute best one was when, like, a flag happened. She's like, so what happened? I was like, oh, that's that's complicated. Oh. Uh, okay. I don't want to get it. Wait, that was that was holding. I thought holding was for the offense. Yes, but that was defensive holding. What does that mean? It it, it means they didn't let them well, get the the ball. Isn't that the, pass interference? Also, yes, but also, also no. Yes. <laughs> the easiest one to explain was the first one. It's just like it was a delay of game, and it was like, no, that was very simple. <laughs> that was, you have thirty. You have forty seconds to get to to snack, to hike the ball because I think hike is like a more. People who yeah. don't watch football use the I word use snap, hike, which is fine. That's fine. I use snap too, but that's fine. Like you got 40 seconds to snap the ball, hike the ball. If you don't, it's a five-yard penalty. Very simple to do. Oh, man. I'm I'm excited to witness you go on this journey of of having yeah. to explain. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I hope, I hope when I meet her in person, she's able to break down. No, see, because they're playing Tampa 2 here. And when the safeties read back, then that's when the quarterback's got to Oh my God! Yes, yes, she gets it. Um, yes. yes, we'll see. We, we'll see. We need to cor- we need to corrupt her. We need to corrupt her and, and instill the twelve team playoff support from now. That's oh, what we got to do. I have fully, I've fully done that. I've fully slide been like, that one in. I've just been like, oh no, yeah, the fourteen playoffs stupid, and they're expanding to twelve because it's good. And she's like, I believe you. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> good. It's like, incredible. Oh, don't differ that opinion. Um, Sounds to me like we have a new Jags fan and a new Gators fan in the mist. Love yeah. to hear that. My, my mom made a whole joke. She's like, and you're choosing to go to a Jaguars game, to watch a Jaguars <laughs> game to explain the sport of football to her. She's like, okay. Well, she didn't explain – she didn't express interest in it until the college football season is over. Not like the Jet and the Gators are much better this season. Well, <laughs> I know. I think this was this was definitely some some chess on your part. Like, okay, yeah, wait till the Gators are done playing and then bring yeah, her into I get, sport I get over Jaguars losses a lot easier than I get over Gators losses. Same. Yes, I I I understand you on that one. <laughs> oh, oh my. Um, also, anyway. this is completely completely unrelated, but I just got this ESPN update. The Rams claim quarterback Baker Mayfield off of waivers. So I should drop every Rams skill position player every, that I have. If you didn't already. Well, I have Cooper Cup, so he's on IR. He's on uh, – okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's on IR. Dynasty League, baby. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, <laughs> can, I'm sorry. Right before we finish recording. <laughs> uh, so our friend Day-Day. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I just opened up 
my group chat with him and they also just sent the Baker Mayfield McVay news. And one of Day Day's text messages says, the one I can read on air says, McVay must think he's God. <laughs> it's actually true. I, Very true. McVay probably has a pretty high opinion of himself. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. All righty. Here we go. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. Tyler, thank you so much uh, for another regular season of podcasting with you, my friend. Love to he- love that we get to do this every single week. Uh, it's not over yet. It is not over yet because we have two more episodes in the year of our Lord 2022. And then we have to recap all the national title stuff. Um, then the season will be officially over. Uh, recap then all the bowl stuff. Draft season, baby. And then we get into draft season, baby. You already know. Um, we will be back next week with our bowl extravaganza episode. The week after that, again, will be the Florida Gators postmortem. This has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is uh, Picks Competition uh, season champion Tyler Williams. I'm so glad that I edit this podcast because that will not make it. Uh, we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. All right, fine. I'll put it in.